Welcome to Screen Cleaning. We are so excited to be here today to talk about something that is very timely, something that is very near and dear to our hearts, Cole. Isn't that right? Yes, it is. It's sports. It's baseball. Oh, Cole, any opportunity I can take to talk about baseball, I will be a happy man. But also the movies. That's true. you'll see how we kind of tie the two together today. Okay, so this is Screen Cleaning. And my name is Jeff Simpson. And I'm Cole Wissinger. And we're here each and every week on BYU Radio. You can download our podcast at byuradio.org or wherever podcasts are found. And uh, we like to start out each and every show with the very best in entertainment news. Now, as far as trailers are concerned, Cole, have you seen any good new trailers? I know you're not a huge trailer fan because if you're excited enough, you want to just watch the movie. I see that trailers happen and then I actively avoid seeing the trailer itself. Probably a good idea. Although I purposely go to movies like 20 minutes late just so I don't first of all, so I don't have to sit through the trailers, but also so I don't see the trailers. So. It's no secret that lately Disney's been putting out a lot of live action versions of their animated hits. Three I just this year alone. Yeah, I just saw one the other day, The Lion King, which is coming out next week, and we'll give a review for it then. But there's also a trailer for the live action version of Mulan. Were you a fan of the animated version, Cole? Absolutely. You know, if I'm honest, I don't think I've ever seen it all the way through. Whoa. Okay, so when it comes to goofy animal sidekicks of Disney prince or princesses. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy as Mushu is second only to. Kronk? The genie from Aladdin. Oh, I thought you were going to say Kronk because I know how much of a a, uh, Emperor's New Groove fan you are. I mean like non-human sidekicks. Okay, okay, that's fair. Yeah. He's great. Kronk may be dumb as rocks, but he still counts as a human. (laughs) And I do. I love Emperor's New Groove. Absolutely. So go check out the trailer online. It looks like it could be pretty good. But things that I loved about Mulan. Mushu. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll Make a Man Out of You. Okay. Reflection. You will? Is that a promise, Cole? Uh, the, all the songs. The beautiful animation. Okay. The goofy little uh, cricket that was tagging around with her. Okay. Uh, all things that were not in this trailer, though, and now, will not be in the live action version of Mulan. Now, what about Harvey Firestein? Do you know who Harvey Firestein is? Cole? Not at all. You know him from Independence Day. David! David, I've got to call my mother. I do. I saw Independence Day just last week because he was Independence Day. He was also in... I, do, I have not seen Mulan, but I know for a fact he is in Mulan. Okay. So, uh, yeah, no Harvey Firestein in the, in the trailer for this live-action version. But the idea for this is to be a little bit more respectful of the Chinese culture and to have it play well over in China. Not all of these Disney live-action remakes make a ton of money overseas. Aladdin is doing pretty well for itself. Um, but generally speaking, the rule of thumb is that they don't. Mulan, they're trying to make a movie about and for a Chinese audience. And no word on whether or not it's a musical like the animated version well, was. Well, it really won't. Like, they're going to use cues from the music okay. in instrumental versions, but no one's going to be breaking out into song and dance because that's another thing that, again, does not play hmm. over in China. Okay. That sounds fair. Um Some other sad news. I shouldn't say other because we haven't had any sad news yet. But some sad news. You're just preparing yourself for my sad news later on. Yeah. And this Mm -hmm. is a a tee up of a discussion we're going to have later on when we talk about our box office uh, summer leaderboard. Ma, the horror movie with uh, Octavia Spencer, has officially been knocked out of the top ten. For those that don't know, every... Week on screen cleaning, we update how movies are doing in the summer box office, mm-hmm. and Ma was holding in on a top ten spot uh, despite all the odds, and has finally been knocked out. Thanks a lot, Spider-Man: Far From Home. Actually, thank you, Spider-Man: Far From Home, for being a great movie <laughs> and for and doing well. There is another movie that will enter the top ten. I predict by Monday, but we'll talk about that more in uh, just a few minutes. It's I'm put on. It's in the on deck circle. Basically, ah, it will overtake a another movie baseball very soon. reference. from yes. Jeffrey Simpson. Now, some more sad news. Every once in a while, well, quite frequently, and actually on a daily basis, people in Hollywood are passing away. And Cole, I know you're going to be upset about at least one of these. But first of all, there's Rip Torn. Do you know who Rip Torn is? Yes, he was in countless movies, and he had a 
a career that spanned decades in Hollywood. He was in I movies with Steve McQueen. I personally knew him more from uh, some of his later work, Dodgeball, a true underdog story. Okay. He was in the Cincinnati – I think it's called the Cincinnati Kid with Steve McQueen and uh, Edward G. Robinson. So sure. like some Hollywood royalty right there. But uh, he was in a favorite Al Brooks movie, Albert Brooks movie of mine called Defending Your Life. And you may recognize him in the franchise Men in Black. He played Zed, the uh, kind of the head of the Men in Black uh, organization. Yep. Yeah. So he passed away as well as Denise Nickerson. Does that name sound familiar to you, Cole? Not to me. Denise Nickerson played Violet Beauregard in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. She was only 62 years old, and I looked up some of her other credits. She retired uh, from acting at 21, but Cole, she was also on the show Dark Shadows. Oh, now you've got now to look I do have up. to look it up. See yeah. what she was playing there. So that was sad because I, I, they would go to a lot of the the Willy Wonka kids would go to a lot of these. Uh, Comic-Con type things and do autographs. And apparently they're still all pretty good friends. So that is sad. 62, Denise Nickerson. Our condolences. Yeah. Any other news that you want to talk about, Cole? The big news that we've been kind of holding off on, and it's sad news as far as Jeffrey's concerned, is there is another streaming service on the block. One more reason for me to just just disconnect from society and go live up in the mountains. I've had it, Cole. The cable bill should be going down and not up. You have already canceled your Netflix, so yeah. you are ahead of the trend, as will most people when The Office leaves in preparation for NBC's new streaming service. But we now have information on AT&T slash Time Warner slash Warner Brothers slash mm. uh, Turner Broadcasting's new streaming service. That will have Friends. This is the one responsible for taking Friends off of Netflix in 2020 because in the spring of 2020, HBO Max will launch. Wah, wah. Not happy. What do you think about that name, first of all, Jeff? It's confusing. If I say HBO Max, what do you think is going to be on that service? HBO content, I would hope, you know, I, you know, somebody that would be a big fan of Game of Thrones would hope that that content would be on there. Just in time for the final season so you can go back and yeah. binge all of it. But then what's going to happen to HBO Go and HBO Now? Or is it all just going to be combined into one? So the word on the street is that if you have HBO Go, you can pay a little bit more of a premium to be incorporated into HBO Max. But you're you're of a little... A slightly older generation than me, you often uh, complain about being called a millennial. When you grew up, HBO, what did HBO mean to you? HBO was this magical thing that once in a blue moon, and we didn't even know about it ahead of time. We would just have to be turning channels. And if you were lucky enough to find an HBO free preview, that was Mm -hmm. like finding gold. And uh, yeah, now it means something totally different. And you could watch movies. So. Back then, it was you got to see the movies a little bit before they came to the rest of the cable channels. Mm-hmm. And then, right around my generation, I remember I was a senior in high school when The Sopranos ended with that like cut to black and everyone was kind of mad about that. <laughs> um, they became the place for premium television, like higher quality content. So, you know, I mean, HBO's tagline for years was, it's not TV, it's HBO. There's something Whoa. bigger. There's something better. It's the home box office. And now the HBO named streaming service is TV and it's just normal TV too. It'll be the home of Friends and the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Pretty Little Liars and all of the Warner owned television shows and movies. So let's go through. They have HBO. We've mentioned that. Also owned by AT&T slash Time Warner with that big deal that went through uh, is DC Comics, the Turner Properties, which is TBS, TNT, True TV, CNN, Cartoon Network Boomerang, and Adult Swim are all in that bucket. And then movie-wise, they have all the Warner Brothers movies and New Line Cinema as well. So what's going to happen to YouTube TV? Are they going to lose all the rights to broadcast those shows on TBS and... Slowly but surely, (sighs) all of the... So Harry Potter Marathons, which is something that ABC Family, which is now Freeform, have kind of built their brand around... As soon as their current deal is up, 
this HBO Max is going to take back the Harry Potter movies because those are Warner Brother movies as well. So what options do we have, Cole, other than signing up for every streaming service out there? Sign up for every streaming service out there, I think. Is, That's the only option? That is the Here's option. one more. I give up. Sign up for none of them. I just give up. I'm, I'm going to— They'll also have some originals that Netflix has kind of realized that their um, other content is leaving, and so they've invested heavily in their originals, like Stranger Things, maybe. Um, HBO Max will come out with originals as well, like a Dune TV show. There's an Anna Kendrick show coming out called Love Life. There will be a Gremlins animated TV show. Um Joss Whedon is making a new sci-fi TV show for fans of Firefly that piques my curiosity called The Nevers. Also, they're bringing back Perry Mason, Robert Downey Jr. and his wife Susan Downey. What? Not Jr. are producing okay. a Perry Mason television show is for he, HBO Max. Is he going to star in it? Matthew Reese will be starring as Perry Mason. Uh, I'd rather have Robert Downey Jr. I, I teased you a little bit. He's involved in the creative process. Okay. Um, Yet, a- I feel like I just ran a marathon, Cole. That was exhausting. So many, so many streaming services, so many shows to watch. We went through this laundry list when <sighs> Disney announced all everything that they'll have. We will go through another laundry list in a few weeks or months whenever NBC actually announces their thing. Um, but. We're back to the point where instead of having cable or Netflix or someone to curate it for us and we pay for a bundle, it's being very specific. And if you want to watch The Office and Friends, you have to either pay for two entirely different streaming services or, you know, go on eBay and buy the DVDs. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to head back to books and I'm going to spend time with my family. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. (laughs) You don't believe me. I don't. You just think I'm going to sign up for all of these services like a sucker. I think that people are going to start realizing just how many there are when they see that automatic billing happen once a month and they see them all start to slowly flow out of their bank account. People will realize this was not not such a good thing that world Netflix gave us. This is just a good reminder that competition is good and, uh, you know, so is disconnecting a little bit. (laughs) I'll try the latter, Cole. Well, let's switch gears and talk about something that both of us are super excited to talk about. As you know, we just had the All-Star Game, the MLB All-Star Game, as well as the MLB Home Run Derby. And boy, oh boy, was that something else. It's fun things to watch on your screen. Right. And we love baseball. We love movies. Is there a way to combine the two so that we can have a general discussion about all-stars well we're gonna try we're gonna try when we return this is screen cleaning on BYU radio Bologna. Cole, you know exactly how to make all of my troubles just wash away by playing a little Weird Al Yankovic. Exactly. So we, Jeff and I, kind of split the load when it comes to screen cleaning. We, I do like 50% of the ideas and you do 50% and 50% of the content that we make. I think I provide probably about 30% of the jokes and then about 80% of the, you know, reasonable arguments. But Hmm. I also do 100% of the music selection for our show. And today, I feel like i got to explain myself more than usual days. Normally, we talk about have, a movie and then I play the soundtrack. You never have to explain Weird Al Yankovic. You don't have to explain that. But what was the deal with NeverEnding Story? There is going to be a theme to the music that I play today. And okay. I want to see if uh, you and our listeners can pick up on it. So just pay a little more attention to the music going in and out of commercials or in between our discussions mm. if it's the podcast today on screen cleaning. We'll uh, revisit this after we talk a little baseball. Fun fact, I never saw it, but in the Never Ending Story Part 3, I think it is, Jack Black is in it. Did you know that? I do now. <laughs> I'm very familiar with that song, Cole, and I may or may not have that on a CD back at my house. I'm sure you were singing along, too. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty great. 
Anyway, so what is it, Cole, that we're talking about? We've teased baseball, we teased movies, but what is it that brings these two wonderful worlds colliding together? In the middle of every baseball season, they take a break for a couple weeks for the All-Star break. They vote on who did great for the first half of the season, get together, uh, play some fun and games, and then play an actual game of baseball. So we thought, here in the middle of the movie season, in July... Let's pause and take stock of what we got in the first half of 2019. Especially since there's really not anything noteworthy coming out this weekend. Just a couple of R-rated films that aren't going to do very well. Or last Friday as well. I mean, Spider-Man got the jump. It released on Tuesday of last week, so it will be a solid two and a half weeks before another big release, which seems like a break enough for us to have a little movie all-star break conversation of our own. All right. So when I think all-stars, I think guys that are really good at hitting home runs. I think guys that have an amazing uh, batting average. Or I think of people that have been in the game so long and they're so popular that people just keep voting them in and they can do no wrong. You know? So we're going to try to make some of those baseball connections relevant to movie conversations. Who were the home run hitters? Who were the utility guys? Who just gets on base reliably this movie season? So let's start off by talking about home run hitters. We mentioned that there was a home run derby, and we're going to talk more about that later. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is definitely a home run hitter in actual baseball, but there's really only one home run this year. And that was Avengers Endgame. Yeah, and it's still in theaters, still making money, still inching its way ever so slowly closer to that Avatar worldwide record. Do you think it's going to do it, Cole? Is it going to overtake it? I think it's going to take a couple more re-releases. I'm not sure if yeah. it does it this year. Um, and even if it does before Avatar is 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 10 billion, we'll probably get a release of Avatar as well that'll get back over top of Endgame. And then in a couple more years when there's another big MCU thing, they'll re-release Endgame and it'll eke above Avatar again. James Cameron is just – he's just – Eagerly awaiting the moment when Avatar can come out so that he can reclaim that title in case Avengers does inch its way past Avatar, the original. And of course, the big winner in all of that discussion is Disney in general, because guess what? Mm. Disney owns both. And so if we had to pick a GM or a coach for our all-star team, it's going to be the guy in charge of the studio that has given us Avengers Endgame, okay. but also Captain Marvel, the second highest grossing mm-hmm. movie so far. Mm-hmm. Aladdin is the third highest grossing movie of the year so far. Toy Story 4 is about to, if not already, number four, mm-hmm. and so on and so on and so on. Bob Iger would be the guy I would want in charge of my team. Okay, so let me just get this straight really quick, Cole. We've got Avengers Endgame as our big home run hitter on the all-star team, right? Yep. And you're saying Bob Iger is worthy of the coach or GM position on this all-star team. I'm going to disagree with you. I am going to say that Bob Iger is the owner of the team that all the fans are furious with because he is taking this beloved team and he's moving it to a different city. And what I would equate that to in movie talk is that basically Disney is overtaking the world. They're stealing up all these franchises and movie studios. It occurred to me, and I had a very, uh, it was a very odd feeling when we were on our road trip recently, Cole. And we were listening to my kids watch the film Peanuts, the movie, right? And as I listened to them watch that movie, it occurred to me, oh, my goodness. Disney now owns the studio that released Peanuts, the movie, which is so ironic because the Peanuts gang are all of the mascots for Knott's Berry Farm. Not to say that Disney owns Knott's Berry Farm, but they took their they took the movie studio that's producing their movies that's just wrong, Cole. That's wrong. And these, half. These are the California connections that only Jeff Simpson can bring. So I'll, I have no idea. I've I'll never admit, been to Disney or Knott's Berry Farm or any of that. Bob Iger is the is the owner of the team that makes the unpopular decision to move the team to a different Oof. city in a different Cynical state. Cynical Jeff is back, folks. However, I will say that uh, Kevin Feige, I think that's how you pronounce his name, 
I'm going to say that he is worthy of the title of the all-star coach because, to me, he's the guy that's down there coaching, making the big decisions. He's down in the trenches, and I think he's got more skin in the game than Bob Iger might. All right. That's fair. I think that's fair. And when you include the MCU, you get to include Spider-Man Homecoming, technically a Sony joint, not Disney. (laughs) What are you, Spike Spike Lee, a a Sony joint? (laughs) So if Endgame hit a home run out of the park, then I think the movie that is just a solid bunt or can get you on base reliably would be M. Night Shyamalan's Glass from earlier this year. Hmm. That movie on just a $20 million budget made over $200 million at the box office. Normally it's a Blumhouse that we talk about making you know good on their investment, but if you just need a reliable leadoff hitter that'll get you on base, they won't hit a home run, but they can you know set you up for better things. It's Glass this year. Cole, to me, uh, Glass is the hitter that gets up to bunt in the All Star Game, and it's a bunt pop up in the air, and it's a called out, Cole. So the. Glass is the all-star all-star player that you're super excited to see appear in the actual game and then just completely disappoints you. Just because Jeff didn't like it and it <laughs> disappointed him. No, I'm just saying that because that's how I would equate it because I didn't watch the all-star game, but my dad was talking to me about how none of the Dodgers players on the all-star team did particularly well. Like Cody Bellinger went 0 for 2, both... Uh, um, Walker Bueller and Kershaw gave up a run like Oof. two. That's two of the four runs that were scored in the American League. So to me, it's all the Dodgers super calls. excited to see it. But it was a bunt pop out. Sorry, Cole. I was not a fan of glass. I was a I was a semi fan about two thirds of the way into it. But boy, that ending is a is a whopper. And I, I don't like whoppers either, Cole. You're a Big Mac kind of guy, apparently. <laughs> so if we have a home run hitter and we got just a reliable leadoff man, mm-hmm. you, every team needs a good utility hitter. Someone oh. that can maybe switch hit, someone that can do everything. You can move them up and down the lineup. And this just is one. Do what you need to do. This is one that you and I, compl- or we unanimously agree on who this pick is. Absolutely. It's got 100% of the votes for this category, and it is. An all star starter. It's Keanu Reeves this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Yeah, so you mentioned utility player, and we, we mentioned him as a utility player because not only was he in, so far, the number one action movie, which is saying a lot, a lot because it was an R-rated film. He headlined John Wick Chapter 3. So he yes. can be the star. He can hold his own. It did so well. There's already announced that uh, there's going to be a John Wick 4, mm-hmm. Chapter 4, I guess I should say. Um, he lent his voice to... Which it will soon be the number one movie of the summer, but it may not ultimately end up as the number one movie of the summer. Toy Story 4, he was Duke, Duke Kaboom. Kaboom. What a great name. What a great character. And he even entered the streaming world of all places. I don't think he's ever poked his head out in the streaming world until 2019. He comedy own yes. from his role as Keanu Reeves in Always Be My Maybe. Right. And then he's also lent his voice to... And likeness to a video game. That's right. Cyberpunk 2077 will be coming out starring and looking like Keanu Reeves. Also, we've gotten a lot of images so far this year and had the announcement in the first half of this year about Bill and Ted 3, where we got that little picture of Keanu back in the phone booth. Keanu's had a heck of a first half of the year. Is there anything he can't do? Apparently not. Yeah, he's had an amazing year, so much so that people are calling this the keanu I think is what it's termed as. And we're on board. Absolutely. Okay, so he's our utility player. Who else do we have on our all-star team? Well, what about that guy? You know, we talk about the all-star game being halfway through the season. This is why I'm maybe more of a fan of football than basketball, hockey, and baseball, because football votes for its all-stars at the end of the year. All those other teams just base it on the first half performance. And so sometimes there's a guy that's just starting to pick it up, but you know, his first half really hasn't warranted an all-star pick. So just missing out on our all-star team this year was John Favreau. Oh, he he did yeah. show up. He he was kind of there in Endgame. He had a couple lines, and in he definitely Spider-Man. was in Spider Man: okay. Far From Home. Mm-hmm. But we predicted that his back half of the season, the year, will be better movie wise for him because 
just right out of the gate after All-Star Weekend is going to be his directed Lion King. So he hasn't peaked quite yet. He's just barely missing the deadline, it sounds exactly. like. Exactly. And if, the, if the All-Star Week had been pushed back just a few more weeks, maybe he makes the team. Yeah, and I have not, or I, I have seen uh, The Lion King, and I did see his previously live-action Disney-directed movie, The Jungle, Jungle Book. Book. I will say, I won't give a review of it yet, but I will say I enjoyed The Lion King better than I enjoyed The Jungle Book. So big things to come for John Favreau, just not yet. In theaters as well as... As in the streaming world, because when Disney Plus is released, he has his hands very much in The Mandalorian. Which is their big Star Wars push on the new streaming platform that Disney will have. And that's, I mean, that's saying something that uh, he's doing amazing things for Disney, not only uh, in their live action remakes, but he also had a role He had a voice role anyway in uh, a favorite of yours from last year, which was Solo, the Disney movie that they kind of put the the side story Star Wars movies on hold for a little while. Unrightfully so, I say. I loved Solo. It was enjoyable. And he was he was like an ape or something, kind of a sidekick of Woody Harrelson's character. Sure. But uh, he is having a great relationship with Disney right now. So big things to come from John Favreau later on in this year. Just barely missed that voting cutoff. Another weird thing that the MLB All-Star Game does, uh, as opposed to other sports, is they require you to put in at least one player from every team. Mm-hmm. Someone someone on your team is going to go and represent you guys at the All-Star Team, even if you stink. As a Pirates fan for <laughs> 27 years, we always had one All-Star, okay. even if we uh, might not have deserved it. But Who stinks, one... Cole? Who stinks? Right now, Netflix stinks. Whoa. Their originals have not been fantastic this year, Mm. but if they had to send one representative to the All-Star Game, it is one that does deserve it, and it's Stranger Things. Right. Cole, uh, I know that you've seen season three of Stranger Things, and I I can't be friends with you anymore if you say any anything about it. I have not seen it. We started, we were going to sit down the other night and watch it, well... Probably not all in one night, but uh, some we, people have. We decided, you know what? We probably ought to go back and rewatch season two just so that we can be totally brushed up and prepared. Plus, it was just really an excuse to just watch more Stranger Things. But yeah, absolutely, this deserves to be on the All Star team. No question about it. Of all the shows that people are talking about, that people anticipate. This is, this has got to be in the top five on any streaming service, right? Yeah, and especially compared to all the other news around Netflix this year, like we've said before yeah. with the streaming platforms coming up, they're losing the office, they're losing friends, they're going to have to just rely on their originals. Well, Stranger Things is making the all-star game because they are a strong original The rest of the team, not so much. So here's another baseball tie-in, Cole. So a lot of times mid-season... Uh, coaches will recruit other players from other teams, right? Sometimes they're called hired guns, right? Right. Do you think Netflix, knowing that their season is going to change, knowing that they're losing some of their heavy hitters to other teams, do you think they're going to go out and recruit some heavy hitters? Are they going to just go up to Adam Sandler? Are they going to go up to people that they don't have on their roster yet and just say, here is a bucket load of money. We want you on our team. Come be on our team and hit a home run for us. I think they have to. I mean, that's what a lot of these other services are doing. We've mentioned John Favreau's close relationship with a lot of different Disney things. You know, Joss Whedon is making that new sci-fi, the next Firefly, and he's doing it for the Time Warner streaming yeah. service. Netflix has to go out and get one of those names and kind of reinvigorate our energy for their original stuff. And I think other streaming services are picking up on this because they are doing that very thing, taking this big pile of cash and throwing it in front of people that have never done TV before. Last year, we had Julia Roberts, uh, Amazon Prime, put a big plop, I'm sure gave her a ton of money to do mm-hmm. Homecoming, which was my favorite TV series of last year, by the way. Uh, HBO did it this year with Meryl Streep. Again, somebody who has never been on TV before is in season two of Big Little Lies. Right. So Netflix, they're going to have to catch on and follow suit. 
Otherwise, I think they're going to be they're going to go they're going to become like the the Florida Marlins or something. <laughs> uh oh, not that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So interesting. Although the Marlins might not be the best analogy because they're just they're a cheap team. Uh, the yeah. Pirates have fallen into that before as well. Netflix isn't cheap. They throw money around. They just don't True. get the results. They're like the late two thousands Yankees used when they to, were going yeah. through their slump, even though their payroll was still top. Of or the used to be the Dodgers, right? Uh-huh. But the Dodgers are doing quite well right now. Let's not forget that, Cole. I won't. Okay. I, I know you, Jeff. So, so speaking of Stranger Things, there's somebody else that, despite a few missteps or at least one glaring misstep, still deserves to be on the team, right? I think so. And that's David Harbour. Yeah, just because your whole season wasn't the best doesn't mean you still weren't an all-star this year. And the glaring misstep we're talking about, of course, and it's not his fault necessarily. Sometimes you're just on a bad team, and that bad team was Hellboy, a movie that was a a big box office bomb. People were seemed to be really excited about it. It was going to be a total reboot of the Hellboy franchise, and it just totally underperformed. So it's a good thing that he, Stranger Things and Netflix, will welcome him back with open arms. Maybe he can be that player that was traded from the AL to the NL halfway through the year, and, and he certainly goes, wasn't going to be an all-star at the first half, but yeah. then he does get voted in. Or maybe he had an injury and had to play on the minor league team. <laughs> that could be it, too. Yeah. What okay. about, so there's another weird thing that baseball does where they they don't let the fans vote for the whole all-star team. The fans just kind of pick the starters. Okay. And so my vote for an all-star that wouldn't have gotten picked by the fans but still deserves to be on the team this year is Missing Link. Really? The movie, the animated stop-motion movie from Laika this year starring Zach Galifianakis and definitely the booming voice of Hugh Jackman. Okay. It was an amazing movie. I loved it. It was beautiful. It was heartwarming. But no one actually went to go see it. I hmm. thought it was very good, but it wasn't necessarily an audience favorite. Can I go ahead and make a similar pick? Absolutely. And I was surprised to hear you say this just yesterday, but you you shared uh, a sentiment that I completely mirror, and that is, why didn't anybody go see the Lego movie too? The second part. Oh my part. goodness, yes. I saw this for the first time on an airplane. Yeah. And it was it was really funny. Granted, it was not as constantly or consistently funny as the first one was, but it was a musical. And you find out later on in the movie why it's a musical and why some of the characters are broody and moody. But uh, it has such a great message and a great soundtrack and songs that will get stuck in your head. And there's actually a song called that This Song's Going to Get, get stuck, stuck Inside, inside your, head. your Head. But yeah, it made, I think it barely made $100 million. So I, I don't know that we're going to see any more Lego movies. Aww. Or at least not of, there could be some you of know, spin-offs. Scale. Yeah. Man, that's disappointing. A couple animated movies that are all stars, but didn't get the fan vote. Yeah. Are there any others that we need to talk about, Cole, or were we going to switch gears when we come back? There's one last guy that I want to mention, because every year, you know the guy that's been in the league for just 10 to 15 years, and sure, he was amazing in his heyday, but nowadays maybe doesn't totally deserve to get voted to the All-Star team, but you give it to him anyway, because he's had such an amazing career. The legacy vote. This year, that goes to Will Smith. Absolutely. He had an amazing career there in the late 90s, and sure, he's on a good team now when you show up and do a Disney live-action reboot. You're going to make a ton of money, but... I mean, Will Smith wasn't really the star. The star was that it was Aladdin, that it was another Disney live-action remake, that it's a beloved movie from the 90s that Will Smith was also in. Which is sad because he's made some amazing movies, and yet worldwide this is his highest-grossing film. And and he wasn't bad, don't get me wrong. I mean, having to fill in Big the shoes, shoes of Robin Williams, you know, and, yeah. and he held his own. He is... Almost an all-star. He didn't try to mimic Robin Williams to his credit. Yeah. Yeah. But he gets the vote anyway because of his illustrious career. Yeah. But come on. Where's the next Men in Black? Where's the next Independence Day? Well, we got another Men in Black and another Independence Day. Both that did not feature him. And both weren't as good. Yeah. Yeah. And when we come back, we're going to be continuing our discussion of these all-star festivities here on Screen Cleaning. Oh, 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 oh
I don't know why that song makes me laugh, but it also makes me happy. It's a it's a get your head bobbin, tap your toe. Well, I'm making it sound like a not a rock song, but it's a great song. You know, my first ever concert I went to was Foreigner. Really? I love Foreigner. Cold as ice and hot blooded, the kind of one two punch, hot and cold, that were both actually featured in this season of Stranger Things. Really? Folks, that is the theme of the 80s music that you've been hearing today. Now, you promised you weren't going to spoil anything for me, Cole. Without spoiling anything, you can just look forward to all the music that you hear on today's show to show up in Stranger Things 3. So I that's the that's the the thing that I've noticed the most for uh, or about watching season two is just the glaring number of popular eighty songs being played throughout every episode. So it's like Ghostbusters and well I can't remember any of them off the top of my tongue, but Ghostbusters was certainly a big hit, wasn't it, Cole? Absolutely, and the movie <laughs> and everything that went into Ghostbusters, them dressing up as the characters Whip for it. Halloween. Whip it! That was another one that they played. Yeah, and they played one of the best arcade games ever, which is Dragon's Lair, that awesome game where you watch an object on the screen blink and you have to quickly – you have to move to that object quickly enough or you die. Yeah. Talking about Stranger Things here for a second as well, did you know that in this year's All-Star Celebrity Softball game, okay, Priya Ferguson made an appearance. She is – She's Lucas's little sister. She plays oh. um, that character in Stranger Things. Again, no spoilers. She has a little bit of a larger role in Stranger Things 3. So she's not just the character that's using way too much syrup from season 2. She's the character that's asking <laughs> for too many free samples from the ice cream shop in season 3. All right. And so much more for those that have seen it. Bite-sized spoilers for those of you who have not seen season 3. Okay. But the All-Star Game is so much more than just who gets voted and the All-Star Game itself. There's a home run derby and a celebrity softball game, and that's what we wanted to talk a little bit about right now. Okay, first of all, did you watch that home run derby, Cole? I watched most of it, yes. That was insane. Insane. I Are they saying that this is the most home runs hit in a home run derby ever? A couple of the rounds. So the first round had the most home runs. A couple individual By players. By one player in one round, right? Yeah, 29 couple, home runs. Mm-hmm. And actually two individual players were in the top five of most home runs in a single round. It was a wild. You know what I missed, though? They kind of just were cranking them out there really fast. I missed Chris Berman going back, 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 gone. And like waiting in between every home run to see Hmm. all the kids run out and catch it or this they just like kept throwing them and kept hitting them so just so you know the two guys that hit the most home runs this home run derby neither of them won can you believe that because of the way it's set up and the person that hits the most home runs in the final round is actually the winner the thing that was frustrating, not for me, but I'm sure it was frustrating for the players that did not ad- advance in the home run derby, is that you could tell that the person that they chose to pitch to them was just not getting the ball where it needed to be consistently. And they were just watching a lot of balls go by, not even swinging, because, yeah, they couldn't get the good pitches, Cole. And and normally when you play like just non-competitive softball, your team pitches to your own team so you can try to get those good hits. Um, some of these guys are just the players' dads or whatever. And yeah. so I, well, if you had to be in a home run derby, if you had to try to hit a home run, Jeff, <laughs> who would you have pitched to you? This sounds terrible because I'm a huge Dodgers fan, but I, I'm, I'm not as confident in their main closer anymore, Kenley Jansen. Oof. And so I would call on Kenley Jansen because – Anybody can hit a home run off of Kenley Jansen these days. (laughs) So, yeah. Sorry, Kenley Jansen. Sorry, Dodgers. I'm still a fan. I just – I'm worried about Kenley. I'd have my little cousin. I have a 12-year-old cousin back home. Um, We play soccer all the time, and and she's pretty athletic herself. I think that she could serve me up a couple pitches that I could knock out of the park. Yeah. You know, if I had to choose somebody to pitch to me from the movies, it would be Jordan Peele. Because that guy delivers every time. Had a huge hit with Get Out. Had an even bigger hit with Us. He's he's uh, 
he's doing the Twilight Zone now. A season two has already been confirmed. He was a voice in Toy Story 4. He's having a great year. And if I had to pick a guy that I think could hit a home run even off of him, it's Captain America wielding none other than Mjolnir um, with those big Captain America standing all by himself, able to carry the whole team, hitting it out of the park with the weapon that he is now worthy to wield. What is Mjolnir? That's the the hammer. That that was the cool moment in Endgame oh. where he picks up the hammer. Okay. It was important. All right. I just I don't know some of these technical terms, <laughs> Cole. Along with the Home Run Derby, there is also a Celebrity All-Star Game. Like I mentioned, Priya Ferguson was in it. I want to name a couple of the other folks that were in this year's uh, Celebrity Game. And then I want to know who you want to see play softball against each other. Mm. There was Max Greenfeld from New Girl, Jamie Foxx, um, Anthony Mackie. We've talked a lot about the Marvel movies. Dr. Oz was there. Um the Bachelor this year, Colton Underwood, was part of the Celebrity All-Star Game. Okay. And because the All-Star Game was in Cleveland, they also had Drew Carey, of course, a famous Cleveland native and oh. sports fan and funny guy. Okay. Next year, the All-Star Game is in your old stomping grounds, Jeffrey. Yes. 2020, it will be played in Dodger Stadium. So what L.A. people, I mean, we talk entertainment, we talk the movies, which L.A. people do you want to see play softball next year during the All-Star break? I'm going to get a little superficial here, Cole, and I'm mainly going to stick with guys that are big and brawny that just consistently hit it out of the park. I'm talking about Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, boy. I'm talking about Dave Bautista. Oh, boy. I'm talking about Mr. Thor himself, uh, Chris Hemsworth. And, you know, just to be fair, and because I know he's such a Dodgers fan himself— I'm going to have the honorary player. Maybe he can be the honorary coach, Brian Cranston. Nice. He is a, a huge Dodgers fan. When I think L.A. sports, I mean, they have some of the most famous fans. You know, Jack Nicholson and Leonardo DiCaprio sitting on the sideline of Lakers games. They're more basketball fans. They're more yeah. basketball fans. But those are the kinds of guys, when we're going to L.A., use the movies as an excuse. And I think they could belong. I'd love to see Jack Nicholson just make it from home to first and see how long that that would take nowadays. You know what I heard recently? Because the uh, 4K version of the 1989 Batman just came out. And I yes, I did purchase it because I know you were wondering. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard a story that he had in his contract that he did not have to work on the nights when the Lakers were playing home games. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. And even back in 89, he had such power that he could put that in his contract. You know, it's amazing. Well, and in 89, he was watching Magic play. And I think I'd put it in my contract, too, if I could. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. Our discussion of a movie home run derby, movie celebrity all-star team, and uh Really, just how if we could bring these two worlds together, what a wonderful world it would be. Our two lo- sports in the movies, they're both on the screen. We don't talk about sports enough here on Screen Cleaning. This has been so fun. When we return, we're going to be talking about the movies that this summer have been hitting it out of the park. And it might not be the ones that we expected would. That's up next on Screen Cleaning. Once again, Cole, you know exactly how to calm my worries by playing music that I can really groove on to. This one didn't show up in Stranger Things, even though it sounds like it very well could (laughs) and belongs in the 80s. This is our theme song to the Summer Box Office Scoreboard Report. And Cole, first of all, I want to give major props to Disney's Aladdin. Neither you nor I had any idea that it would make as much money as it has made worldwide or domestically. Domestically, it's made $323 million, which means currently it's still sitting at number one uh, on the top 10 list of summer movies. But we're giving it one more shout out because it's probably going to fall off that pedestal this coming week. To another Disney movie, Disney's Toy Story 4, which is currently sitting at $316 million. So it's inevitable by Monday it should definitely overtake 
Aladdin. And then in three, now after a very strong 4th of July release, is an MCU ancillary property, but technically Sony picture, Spider-Man Far From Home. Otherwise, we would just call it another Disney movie. Right. Right? Yeah, which is currently at $211 million, And if you look at those numbers, you can't help but admit that it's more than likely that will overtake Toy Story 4 eventually. And so that's the newcomer to the list since the last time we talked. And so let's let's talk about just the way Spider-Man Far From Home showed up here. A little it weird. It had a little weird. six-day weekend to play with. For those of you that don't know, a week is seven days. A weekend <laughs> does not get to be six days. So technically, like last, last week on the show, we talked about Independence Day movies and Independence Day releases. And yeah. we both said... Uh, there's never been a $100 million Independence Day weekend release. Will Spider-Man do it? And we both thought it would. Technically, it did not. Over the three-day weekend, mm. which was days four, five, and six that it was out, it only made $92 million, falling just short of 100 What a disappointment that was. <laughs> uh, kind That's of. That's horrible. But then when you count the other three days of its special little weekend release, it made 182 over the extended 4th of July holiday. An amazing showing. Right. And just to remind you, uh, the studio, I don't know if it was Sony. Was it Sony that put this restriction on movie theaters that they could not offer discount showings of Spider-Man because it came out on a Tuesday, which for a lot of movie theaters is traditionally a discount Price the day, theaters right? that we go to here right. in Utah, definitely. But I think it is elsewhere too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, huge number sitting at two eleven. So it show it debuts, especially this far into the summer, for a movie to debut at three on this list. This is a big deal. John Wick three sitting at number four. But do you think it's going to end the summer at number four, Cole? We still have Lion King to come out. That That's isn't true. On the list yet we still have Hobbs and Shaw coming. Could be out huge. That could also push it down a little bit for those action fans. And there's still the Quentin Tarantino film, another film that neither you nor I put on our list. And now I'm kind of regretting it. Rocket Man is still hanging in there, though. That was on my list and not yours. Um, one that was on your list and not mine. X-Men Dark Phoenix. Uh, that will not end up on the list. It's sitting at 10 right now. I'm I'm predicting that Annabelle Comes Home will pass Dark Phoenix. Annabelle Comes Home is currently at $52 million. Dark Phoenix is at 64 Annabelle Comes Home in that on-deck circle that and, we talked about. Right. And I'm also predicting that The Secret Life of Pets 2... By Monday, we'll overtake Pokemon or Detective Pikachu. Uh, Secret Life of Pets 2 is currently at 142 million, and Pokemon is at 143. Everything's it's changing. Inevitable. We love it. I have one more little piece of box office related news. Okay. Again, last week, we went and looked back at the history of Independence Day movie releases. And so I was very familiar with the fact that in 1985, Back to the Future came out over Fourth of July weekend. Yes. Um, but it only came out in a limited release. Movie releases were a little different back then. Like a thousand movie theaters, a thousand screens versus as opposed 4, to four thousand, yeah. which is what they all debut in now. Do you think of those thousand screens that Little Hawkins, Indiana, was one of them that got Back to the Future opening weekend? Oh, I'm excited to hear you answer that question yourself. I don't think it should have, but it does make an appearance in Stranger Things 3. Interesting. keeping spoilers aside and just kind of uh, fun nitpicks for a second, Back to the Future did come out 4th of July weekend of 1985, which is when Stranger Things 3 takes place, Hmm. but... When you look at how many theaters it was released in, it probably wasn't actually at the mall where the kids are in Hawkins, Indiana. Are people talking about this on social media or is this something that you just picked up? I haven't seen it. And the only reason I'm in tune with it is because we had this long discussion just last week. Even Stranger Things 3's kind of opening uh, get us into the groove with Day of the Dead, the third in the George A. Romero zombie movie Mm -hmm, trilogy. mm -hmm. Um, That was also released around 4th of July in 1985, but it didn't hit wide release until later in the month of July. A couple small inaccuracies that I would not have noticed if we hadn't had this conversation. So you tell me Stranger Things is not a perfect show, Cole? It's still perfect. There's just a couple <laughs> small inaccuracies. All right. That's fair. Well, we've had an amazing time talking about baseball and the movies here on Screen Cleaning today. 
But we would be remiss in our duties if we did not end the show with our panning for good segment. There's good in them dire hills. Do you watch So You Think You Can Dance, Cole? Absolutely. I love reality. Anything competition or reality-based, I love. Do you think you can dance? This is just a side question. No, not at all. Okay. Um, That's why I like watching professional dancers. Yeah. So there's this girl who is, uh, she's 19 years old. Her name is Phoebe Cochis. This is the final night of auditions for So You Think You Can Dance. It's always been a dream of hers to be on the show, to audition. She has Down syndrome. If she grew up having that dream, there were people around her that would tell her that that's probably not going to happen, right? Doctors that said she probably will never be potty trained. She didn't walk until she was two, but then her parents started noticing just six months after that that she could do the splits. She could put her legs behind her head, and she is such a fan of the show and such a fan of dancing. She did an amazing job on the show. People were very emotional. They were very into her audition. The judges gave her some very good praise. However, the last judge said, we cannot put you on the team. However, I would like to invite you to be my guest, to come to L.A. or wherever this is going to be filmed, and be my guest for So You Think You Can Dance. Oh, that's awesome. And... This, I can't imagine how happy this girl was leaving to not only get the opportunity to audition, but to get the praise that she so deserved and then also be invited to appear on the show and to be this judge's guest on the show. Huge, life-changing event for her. And way to go, Phoebe. And congratulations and, and good job to the judge as well to reach out. And he that's not Absolutely. something they have to do. I mean, a lot of times the judges, they're nice to these the right. people that don't quite make it. But this is kind of going above and beyond. And we want to celebrate that too. And so if Cole and I had to ask, answer the question, Phoebe, do we think you can dance? Absolutely. Yes. Good for you, Phoebe. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Screen Cleaning. We're here each and every Saturday. You can find us on BYURadio.org or wherever podcasts are found. You can listen to us live on BYU Radio at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Like I said, right here on BYU Radio.